It is playoff time, state championship time, everything going on. Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, we have got a lot of ground to cover this week. Before we dive into our football stuff, um, we'll I mean, tee up some of these other sports and the fall sports. And man, it has been an excellent two weeks of other sports of uh, the fall sports season. Last week, we had cross-country, maybe the best collection of cross-country success in one day that we've ever seen. Reinhardt Harrison, state championship individual for Nice in Class 4A. That's his third in a row, ties a state mark there. St. John's Country Day's Matthew Stratton, University of Florida signee. He wins the Class 1A state cross-country championship. Bowles Jillian Candelino, a 2A state girls cross-country champion. Just fantastic individual performances. And oh, by the way, the Bulls boys and girls claim cross-country state championships. Just a great day all around out there in Tallahassee. And you switch gears to swimming, and it was another good week for area swimmers. Uh, Mandarin's Gage Holbert, individual state champion in Class 4A, the 100 fly. Fleming Island's Marion McDade, uh, the Class 3A 50 free state champion. Creekside's Grace Gavin, Class 4A, 100 back state champion. You know, just state championship performances all over the place. And um, left off a, a Pontevedra girls, Class 3A state championship cross-country team, uh, excuse me, swimming team, 200 medley and 200 free relay individual uh, events in the swimming tournament and then the uh, Pontevedra girls state cross-country championship as well. So a good week for those teams and uh, Pontevedra volleyball team looking to keep it going there for the Sharks. They play in the state championship match, Class 6A state championship match Wednesday night in Fort Myers. So just a great season all around in all the minor sports or the fall sports, uh, those non-team sports, um, just a great showing by our area athletes, swimmers, runners, and everybody state golf tournament going on this week as well. So a lot to talk about, Sponge. The other fall sports other than football just yeah, shows good, how, good, how deep our good, area is. Good individual efforts by all those kids, like, you know, winning a lot of state titles, you know, on their own in those individual sports. So, like, I'm super proud of all those guys and girls, and they're killing it. Yeah, just what a what a week, what a just a fantastic week for our area athletes. The 904, the 386 athletes representing on a state format. Great to see those performances there. Now let's dive in like we always do to high school football uh, leading off the varsity podcast. And we're uh, we're in our second week of the high school football playoffs. And as we do every week, we like to uh, take a peek back before we look ahead. And week one of the playoff sponge, what were your takeaways? Kind of what we thought, right? Yeah, we thought that, you know, we had, what, 25 kind of area teams playing last Friday night. And there was a few buy, buy teams that had buys. But, you know, we we both said we figured that field would probably get cut in half. You had a lot of games that were kind of uh, teams, you know, their head-to-head matchups, so you knew somebody was going to lose those. So it was going to come down to the teams that were playing the out-of-area teams and how they would fare and how they would do. We knew a lot of teams had to go on the road and, and, you know, play in tough environments against good teams and all that stuff. And basically we were pretty much dead on about half the field got cut down, you know, which, you know, sucks for some of those teams as their season ended, you know, earlier than they wanted it to, but – it is what it is, man. Playoff times, winner go home. Yeah, winner go home, and you know, I, I didn't think there were too many huge surprises. I, I did think the biggest, probably the biggest upset in Week One um, from a from an RPI rating standing standpoint was Nice twenty four, Spruce Creek twenty one. Great effort by Colin Drafts and the Panthers. And I have to preface this with Nice; they were a one win team a year ago, yeah. one win team, and 
had to had to bow out in the playoffs due to COVID um, positive tests, so they didn't get to play a playoff game. So just a crucial turnaround for them. Dom Henry, Marcus Stokes, we've mentioned them time and again. Um, Kanan Kimball hits a, a field goal there as the difference, and then a, a niece um, kind of swerves at the end and and uh, dodges a field goal by Spruce Creek to tie it, to walk off with the win, 24-21. Nice a seven seed, Spruce Creek a nine and one two seed, and Nice goes on the road and does that. And, you know, I, we it kind of kicked it around last week, and we thought 7A would probably see um, the biggest exodus of area teams. We had four teams there, and I think both of us thought that it would be a, an 0 for 4 performance. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a clean sweep. I, I was doubting my Nice boys a little bit, but they came to play, and I was – Super proud of those guys for pulling out the W. I mean, going in probably they would have been my one pick that would have a shot, I think, just because of their offensive explosion with Stokes and Dom. Like we said, you know, they've been pretty good all year. It was just how can their defense hold up and, you know, how good was the Spruce Creek team? You know, we talked about them. You know, that we, we really don't get a chance to see some of those Orlando and some of those panhandle teams throughout the year. You just kind of look at teams they play against and, you know, maybe common opponents, stuff like that. I mean, they were a 9-1 team. They were really good, um, but they put it together and had a great game. I think Stokes threw for like 335, three touchdowns. What a game. You know, he lit it up, man. He's been lighting it up. So, yeah. I mean, you can't count them out. Like, just when it's in the playoffs, keep, you know, practicing hard, you know, do, get your game plan up, and just, you know, Friday night, it's anybody's game sometimes. And, yeah, that's right. So, let's run down the scoreboard from last week going from top to bottom. Region 1-8A, Bartram Trail, 42, Lake Brantley, 6 Apopka 42, Creekside nothing, so we get a St. John's County split in Region 1-8A. Region 1-7A, Buholtz 35, Fleming Island 7, OC University 35, Fletcher 14, Nice 24, Spruce Creek 21, Niceville 20, Atlantic Coast 6. That wraps up. Uh, we've only got one team left in 1-7A. Region 1-6A, we had Riverside 17, Columbia 3, good defensive showing from the Generals. Uh, so they move on. Region 1-5A, a couple local matchups here, Baker County 28, White 12. And range 24, Parker 10. We got two moving on there. Bishop Kinney fell to Wakulla 52 34. So we got two local teams in Region 15A moving on. Region 14A, Baldwin 28, Mariana 14, Gadsden County 16, uh, Jackson 14, uh, Keystone Heights its first playoff win in Region 24A 50, Umatilla 0. Region 13A Episcopal season is over 55 13 loss to Florida High. Uh, region 1-2A, we've talked about this region all year long. Uh, Trinity Christian was on a bye, and uh, University Christian absolutely uh, just killed Rocky Bayou. Um, it's like 66 nothing, unbelievable uh, showing there from uh, from them. Um, we get down into the, the Class 1A. Uh, Hilliard was on a bye. Uh, Fort White goes down 21-0 to Lafayette. And Region uh, 1-4A, Uni- uh, Union County, beat Trenton 49-13. So uh, your biggest surprise from last week there, Sponge? Like I say, we talked about it before, you know, the, the half the field get cut. And, you know, so going back to, like, even 8A, we felt good about uh, Bartram in their game against Lake Brantley. They, they came out and showed out, and they – beat down Lake Brantley. Creekside, we knew, had a tough one playing a Popka because Popka is one of those program-type teams, and they got they hung in early, and then they got whacked in the second half. So now, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, like who's, a Popka's coming up to basically play at Bartram, so that's going to be a banger of a game. You know, but you look at both records, I think they're both 9-2. and two. You know, the schedules come down to, like, who have you played, you know, how good – is, is a popka this year against the, the teams they played against and vice versa. You know, I think both teams had a 
pretty good schedules. So now it just comes down to who executes, man, and who doesn't turn the ball over, those fluke things in playoff time. So I, I think that's going to be a great matchup Friday night at Bartram. Um, going into 7A, like we talked about it, that was the, the bloodbath region, and it turned out to be that way. Um, Fleming got worked by Gainesville Buholtz. Uh, Fletcher got beat pretty easily. And then Niceville, uh, Niceville Atlantic Coast seemed like it was a pretty decent little game. Bit, yeah, a little game. Uh, 20 to Atlantic six. Coast hung on yep. for a little while. That's a tough that's a tough road trip, and basically that's where Nice is going to head this Friday. So I think obviously that's going to be a tough place to play for um, for Coast Drafts and, and the Neath Panthers. But, you know, that, that's a nice win. They get to go there. Other than that, like we, we talked about all year, the Columbia uh, Riverside games, you know, they, they play every year in the playoffs. You know, they had the, the uh, early season game where Riverside had the game look like in hand up big in the fourth quarter, blew it. Columbia comes back and gets that win. So you knew that Riverside would be chomping at the bit to play them again, get the rematch. And, you know, defensively they showed up, like we said before, big time, three points allowed. They only had to score 17. So I, I like Riverside's chances moving ahead. I, I think Pine Forest and is a good team. They're a 9-1 team. But like I was telling you before, I think maybe some of these panhandle teams – you know, have been good, but I think some of the teams are down, so some of those records are a little inflated. So I, th- I like Riverside's chances to, to move on from there. Yeah, it's uh, you know they they really slipped up. I think they would have been staring at that number one seed uh, in the region had they not lost to Columbia in the regular yeah, season. So definitely. that really really tripped them up losing that game. Uh, another one I want to touch on. It had been a great season for Jackson, first legitimate playoff spot since 2010 that they earned. They lose to uh, two win Gadsden County, 16 to 14. Uh, tough loss for, yeah, tough. for Coach Foy and those guys. But, you know, Gadsden County, you look at their schedule, yeah, they were 2-6 and six coming in that game, but they have played some tough opponents this year, some overtime games. And, you know, I remember back a, a couple years ago seeing Gadsden County play Bowles in the playoff game and gave Bowles every bit it could handle. So that's a that's a deceptive two-win team. For sure. Um, you know, not a winless Gadsden County that made the playoffs over Jackson on a coin flip uh, several years ago. This is a very – Good two-win team, Gadsden County. Um, so I don't think that's a, a maybe it's season-ending loss for Jackson, but it, it's uh, it's not as bad as you would consider, you know, losing to a traditional two-win team. That was a very good uh, Jaguars team that Jackson saw a good season for the Tigers as well. So um, that, I think that was probably my biggest uh, my biggest takeaway last week was Jackson not being able to kind of take that next step. Yeah, I wanted to see him win that playoff game. Yeah, it would have been cool for them, and then Creekside going out and, and really laying an egg against Apopka. Um, the great regular season, you can't come out and get smoked 42-0 in the playoffs, even if it's a Popka. I mean, a Popka's a, a machine. It's not yeah. not the same coach. Rick Darlington not there anymore. Uh, he built that team into a powerhouse. But uh, Popka, just that, that perennial program that is in the mix every year. I think Bartram has got a tough one this week at home against the Blue Darters. They've, they've actually played a couple times in recent, uh, recent history in the regular season. So we'll see how Bartram can handle a Popka on Friday night. So um, best matchups, in your opinion, of the of the second round? Well, I think the, the, the most heavily populated one is the 5A region. Um, you know, Baker County moved on. What's weird is that their, their matchup this week, they're playing uh, West Florida, who's another panhandle team, who's usually a pretty good team all the time. Uh, they – we pl- we played West Florida. I want to say back in 2017, where we were favored. Five A, yeah, and, y'all and, uh, were in Five A, and they they blasted us late. I mean, it was a tight game, but it was just like heartbreaking loss. We were supposed to win that game, didn't. But West Florida is usually always a nine ten win team, make it to the playoffs. 
they played Baker actually that year, and that was where Baker beat them to go to the state championship. Yep. So they've had a little bit of familiarity with them. But that was, you know, these are all new players and stuff. But West Florida is always a tough out. So that, that Baker West Florida game should be pretty good. And then the other game, you know, Reigns Wakulla. I almost feel like this is a a very evenly matched game. It's just going to come down to who makes some plays and who doesn't mess up. You know, because Wakulla has been one of those teams that. They played that early season game against Ed White where they got the makeup game. You know, that was the first game of the season, so might have just got shaken up a little bit and just not ready to go. Didn't know didn't know they were gonna play Ed White until like, you know, a Tuesday or whatever. So both teams had short short notice. Ed White got the win. But then since then Wakulla's been rattling off wins and they're scoring yep. points. They they pretty much handled Bishop Kenny with no problem. And I thought that could be a little bit of a trap game for yeah. Wakulla. You know, Bishop Kenny had performed well they and a chance good. to you know, to really emerge in that game. But, you know, Bishop Kenny, like Nice, credit to Tim Krause and the Crusaders for turning around. Again, a one-win team last year and really put things together this season. So, I, you know, I like Rangers. I think they're peaking uh, under Donovan Maslin at this point of the year. And a good game against Parker last week, a team that it had seen and struggled with in the regular season. It beat uh, the Braves and Coach Ron Dorsey 24-10. to 10. Yeah, they kind of handled him in that game. It was, yeah, it's, it, was, I, it, was, it, was, it was tight early. You know, defensive slug, strug, struggle like the first time around. But Reigns, you know, I think they just got too many weapons on offense and they were able to capitalize and score some points. And just like like you said, I think Reigns is peaking at the right time, which I thought they would. And they look, to me, this bracket looked good for them. I figured they would get Wakulla, so now they, if they get that win, then you know it's it's theirs for the taking if they can you know beat a, a Baker County yep. or a West Florida. Yeah, I think um, I think we could have an all local regional final in Region One Five A. I think we'll have an all local regional final in One Two A, being Trinity Christian University Christian, and um, I think we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have at least one regional finalist in Three One A, Union County and Hilliard meet on Friday night. I neglected to uh, to mention Bradford down in Region Four One A. Um, they had a big win last week against Newberry, yeah, sixty-one, they thirteen. They have Pahokee this yeah. week, but you know Bradford is traditionally a four A team, and it's moved down this year. And they they tend to have that success in those larger, bigger classification playoffs. So I think that could be a sleeper team. I mean, Pahokee no, they've is. Got, they've got a few play. They've got a few yeah. uh, players. I've been looking at them, you know, just for seven on seven purposes. Like they've got a couple athletes on that team that I'd love to see how they fare mm-hmm. against the Pahokee and see how they can if they can continue on. Yeah, they've been they've been like a. A scrappy team, and they've they've lost some games, but they've also won some nice games. So definitely them going down to one A, you know that that big, I think be, I think it them. benefits them big time. Yeah, I mean this the, the other a... the other team that I think we might have a dual uh, game is uh, in one four. I think I think uh, Baldwin I think Baldwin gets the upset against South Walton and plays Bowls next week. But that could be yeah. But could I, be. like I say, I don't the the, Bowl, the Baldwin guys. You know they've they've kind of struggled with injuries and they haven't played great. They've had a, a few games they probably should have won. They they lost. Um, they haven't played like I say up to their maybe standard of playing, but they got their first playoff uh, win last week against Mariana. But you know, if they can beat South Walton, you know, hey, you might get bowls. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would be a crazy uh, collision in Region One Four A. And bowls, you know, they're they're coming off a bye last week, a bye in the regular season yeah, I feel finale like they because in like yeah, they they lost the mainland game to cancellation. So this has been a weird stretch for Bulls. So they've had a they a, had multiple times yeah, a gap off. in the it's, schedule where they they yeah. missed a couple of regular season games. And that in definitely a row. that definitely plays with your, you know, your flow, man. You just want to you want to play games like when you have a double bye and all. It just feels like you hadn't played in forever, so you kind of just lose that, you know, just feel of play. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you lost you, two in a row, a little bit of rust, you know, all that. You yeah, just, you lost two in a row, then you go bye bye and then back. So I mean, I, I know Bulls and that coaching staff wanted to 
get that bad taste out of their mouth from that loss to True Prep and how that game uh, occurred, but they didn't have a, a game after that, and you had the playoff bye. So um, this will be their first game in what feels like uh, a year uh, on, on Friday night against Gadsden County, and again, a, a physical Gadsden County team. Um, it would have been cool to see Jackson Bowles yeah. in that second-round game. Um, but uh, nonetheless, Bowles, I think, has its hands full, even against a three and six Gadsden no, County. No, Gadsden County is going to. They, they, I, I watched some of the highlights from that Jackson game. They've got some receivers on the outside. They've got some DBs. They got skills. So, again, we talked about a little bit of Bowles struggles down the stretch. They're losing a few of those games, and it came down to everybody knows what Bowles wants to do. So, is, can you can you actually stop mm-hmm. the run game? And then on the flip side, you know, Bulls' defense has been great all year, so you got to think that they're going to keep them in every game, which they probably will. But, again, you get into a tight game in the playoffs, and it's, you know, fluke play here happens, uh, you know, block punt or something or a pick six. You just – and that one one game where you feel – or in the game where you're feeling pretty good, the next thing you know, it's turned upside down, and you're like, oh, man, we were in a dog fight. Yeah. And, and you do, like, it is the worst feeling on a Friday night in the playoffs where you're just like – this is a dog fight. And, you know, you might be feeling good about going in that game because I know I've been in them where I feel like we're going to be smooth sailing or whatever, and the next thing you know, it's like, man, this is playoff football. And it totally – it's totally different than the regular Friday nights. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the the energy's ramped up, your emotions are ramped up, your, your focus and all that. And, you know, you know when you're in a game, you're just like, no mistakes. You can't screw up, and it's just everything is so tight. And you're just like <laughs> – any wrong thing, you could be down and then going home. Yeah, and it's just it's that time of year. It makes it exciting. You know, I like it, the it's, weather it's, colder. It's definitely it's definitely fun. It's you know it's just a different experience. You know, just from being on the sidelines to basically where you're just like, man, this game, this is a fun game. It's back and forth, or you know, just the emotions of a high school football playoff game. It's it's hard to describe when you're in one of those games where it's just it's just awesome. Yeah, it's you know? it's such a, a fun to be a part of, to be on the sideline, to cover those excitement that just that there's something about playoff energy on Friday nights that's just, it's tough to even put into words. You know, the regular season is one thing, but it's just, you know, unless you have the real. There's so much just on the line, you know, you just want to win so bad. Like, that's why, like, going back to that Nice-Spruce Creek game, like, I I know I could feel the energy of how that game was, was happening, you know, when it was basically, all right, it's tight. We got to kick a field goal. We just took the lead. Now you're going on defense. You're like, man, we got to get a stop. We got to get a stop. Somebody make a play. Somebody make a play. Then you hold them to a field goal, and you're like, let's block this field goal. Let's miss this field goal. You know, you know, you're just on nerves. You're on edge, and you get the missed field goal, and it's just elation. You're just like, man, this was, and it's just awesome. Yeah. It's just an awesome feeling. And I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of those guys from Nice for you know having that feeling. You know, and then for the other hand, you go on the road like a like an Atlantic Coast, and you play in that game. You're just like, you know, you're in it. And then you just feel it slip away, and you're just like, man, the season's over. It's it's over with, and you know, so it's just so much riding on these games, and it makes it you know so much fun because the game is, it's do or die, man. Yep, and, and it's, it's 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 great. We covered we covered all the other classifications, but um, the one I want to point out to it here at the the finish of our playoff talk is Region One Two A, Trinity Christian off a bye last week. They host St. John Paul II and University Christian on the road uh, against Quincy Monroe. These two guys win. We've talked about this all season long. Um, if these two guys can can win these games, they will meet in regional final. We've kind of circled this on our calendar since these uh, new classifications were released when Trinity went down to 2A 
and uh, was packaged there in with University Christian. And what really hurt University Christian was was losing to Atlantic Coast in that regular season finale. You go from a number one seed and having a bye week last week, and you struggle with injuries uh, throughout the season, like Coach David Pendleton the third and, and UC have. You get an extra week to um, you know to, to uh, lick your wounds a little bit and let some of those guys rest up and heal for what you know is going to be a rugged postseason. You had to play last week against Rocky Bayou, a team that uh, probably didn't deserve to be on the same field as UC, yeah, and you lose 66-0. Um, but still, you see that you go from a one seed to a three seed, that changes things. Mm-hmm. Now UC has to go out for a road trip to Quincy Monroe. I still think a game that UC wins uh, comfortably. And then you got to go to Trinity Christian next week. I mean, we know these two teams are going to win. We know they're going to play in the regional finals. Um, how do you expect that game to go? What do you see from a UC Trinity Christian um, kind of a almost a UC has been the gatekeeper for 2A for quite some time. Yeah. And now Trinity Christian's down there. You see that game being pretty close. Here's the thing: we talked about Trinity. You know, I've I've watched them obviously close a lot this year. I've been to several of the games, and we talked about their schedule was was beast. It was tough, and it's kind of showed because they've kind of dropped some games that. You know, they might have would have won in, in previous years, but I need to see – I want to see what Trinity does this Friday in all actuality. I want – like, they're playing a team in, in St. John Paul who's, you know, not on their caliber. They had a stud last year who signed to Bama, and he's gone. So, like, he was their Mr. Do-Everything. They've still got a few playmakers, but, you know, in all actuality, Trinity should win this game, and they should win it with no problem. But you got to actually go out there and do it. So, they've – Obviously dropped like three or four of their last several games. Not played that well. You know, didn't play well on the road at Lincoln. Didn't play well on the road at Florida High. They lost the tight one to Riverside at home. You know, so they've, they've kind of you know got splattered by bowls. You know, so they've kind of kind of fallen down a little bit. So I think I think they need a game like this to kind of just build some momentum, build some spirits back up, and say, hey, we're we're TC. You know, what, let's put it on the field and let's put up a number and let's feel good. So like they got to show me that in a sense, for me to feel good about them even beating UC next week. But, I mean, obviously the big deal is they get to play it at home, you know, which is big. You know, you don't want to go – I mean, even though it's like, you know, a local game, but you're at the – you're at your home stadium, you're at your home field. It's not like you get – like, I feel like the refs, they're, they're going to dictate the game whether you're at home or on the road, man. Playoff refs, oof, good luck to you. But um, I still like Trinity to move on. But, again, I want to see both of these teams play this Friday and see what kind of numbers they put up and, you know, how they fare. And then, you know, obviously that will give us a, a good a good look for, for next week. But That's exciting. I mean, play – Like, I want, I want to see it, though, you know? Yeah, playoff football, we talked about it, but having – just an all-local showdown with so much on the line. Black Friday, it, you know, it's, it's just it's all, Thanksgiving weekend. It's all, that's that's all that third weekend of playoffs is always like one it's of a our, separator. One, it's, one of our one of our biggest things, obviously, when we were co- when I was coaching at Trinity, it was you know it was an expectation. Like you know, we were going to practice on Thanksgiving morning. You know, that's just like a big deal. It's like you know something that we it was like a goal every year because you know if you're practicing on Thanksgiving, you're literally a game or two away from going to state. You know, so we went. I went to state seven times. You know, so we and then we practiced on Thanksgiving pretty much every. T- I don't think we didn't practice on Thanksgiving, but maybe once or twice in like twelve years. <sighs> you know, so it was like you know that was like you know we know we're gonna get our Krispy Kreme donuts. We're gonna practice on Thanksgiving. Go home to our families, eat our turkey. You know, next day roll up to the school. You know, in the afternoon, 
get ready to play that, yep. that game on Friday night. And it was just it's a fun thing to do. So like even even then if you're traveling, you know, going on you know the road on that game, you just know that that week if you get to that week. You're right there. You're on the doorstep of saying, hey, we're going to Orlando or Tallahassee or wherever state championship's at. We're going. So I know a lot of these teams, that's another goal for them is to practice on Thanksgiving morning just because they know that they're a step closer to getting to that regional final, the regional semifinal, and, you know, state championship. So, like, it's, it's, it's a big deal, and it's like I say, it's, it's fun, and it's just playoff football, man. Yeah, it's, you know, coaches, having done this for so long, you know, coaches would always say, we want to be practicing on that Monday after the regular season ends. Yeah, we want to yeah, be practicing right. that day. And then after that, we want to be practicing on Thanksgiving, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, because that shows, okay, you've been in the playoffs, and now that you're in the playoffs, you've had that success. So, you know, those are the two biggest dates you hear for high school football coaches. We want to be practicing the Monday after the regular season ends, and we want to be practicing on Friday morning after Thanksgiving because it really kind of encapsulates that you've made it to these two stages of high school football. And, and to me, third round has always been the separator, even in this this new uh, playoff format. It's, um, you know, in, in the first round, in the previous format, you would play a lamb, you know, if you're mm-hmm. a district champion, yeah. and you knew that was going to go that way. The second round, you may get a rematch against a team you'd already seen and possibly beaten. And then that third round was more than likely a team that was – completely out of your area, a few hours away, you don't know much about. Um, and that was, to me, those were always the trip-up points for our local teams um, was that third-round game. And uh, this year it's going to be uh, probably another sticking point because that's where those really um, really big, big matchups settle down. Okay, as we kind of shift out of playoff talk, um, you know, seen a round of the playoffs, seen a regular season, give me your thoughts on three teams that are headed up and three teams that are headed down or needed some work to do. Just as far as this playoff, yeah. Run, yeah as far yeah. as just the regular yeah. season, if you're looking at the the regular season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, I would definitely say, obviously, the team we talked about them all year, trending up. Nice, you know, they've been a great surprise from you know one win team to trending upward to finally getting a playoff win. They hadn't won a playoff game in however many years. Obviously, they got a big one this week. They're trending up big time, you know. And then the the two other teams that were, or three other teams, I would say that have have been. The most solid, the rock-solid teams around is, you know, Bowles, Riverside, and Trinity. They all got, you know, big games because they're in the playoffs. So, I think I think all those teams actually can make a run. I think Trinity – I think Trinity makes it to the state. I think Bowles makes it to – they're going to have a big one if they play Coco in the, in the semifinal. But I think they can get there. That's going to be a whole other – topic when we get to that point but I think Coco and, and Bowles is, is set up for a match to get to the finals and then I think uh, Riverside I think Riverside is going to make a run as well in their in their bracket I think they can beat Pine Forest and then I, I like their chances against uh, either Lincoln or Mosley so I think those are the trending upward teams um, teams that are I mean, and then we talked about Jackson too I like Jackson's story mm-hmm. this year they played great and, and it's tough that they didn't get that win in the playoffs as far as trending down um I don't really know. Like teams that well, I guess we'll say teams that we want to see a little bit more from, maybe like next year, and then are kind of peaking, but then maybe didn't end well. I would say you know uh, Atlantic Coast was uh, they were up and down all year, so I'd love to see them take some of their momentum and go upward. Uh, Ed White was another team that was kind of up and down, and they they were good, they were bad. I think they can take a few steps forward. Obviously, they're going to lose some guys, you know, graduating wise. I think Parker's another team. That we talked about those kind of up and downs, and, and you know they can make the right steps to to kind of continue on that upward trajectory. 
Um, as far as teams, maybe like they were, that kind of disappointed. Who would be my most disappointed team this year? I don't even know who I'd say right now. Maybe uh. There's a few to choose yeah, from. I, I, think. I, I, I like I say I I think mostly the top ten this year was always you know the top ten. There was a few teams that might have uh that should have won and could have won and didn't and kind of disappointed. But I mean it, I don't think there's any team out there that I'll just be like man this team's terrible and they they need a lot of work. So I mean I, I think everybody hopefully if you didn't make the playoffs you're, you're striving to get there next year and then those teams that we said were up and down you know can they take those next steps to maybe win a playoff game or make a run into yeah. the playoffs, you know? All right, my right, I'll, I'll kick my uh, my three trending upward teams. You covered a couple of them. I think Nice is definitely on the way up. And I, I probably have to throw an honorable mention in here, but I think Jackson is trending up. You know, you got Grayson Howard. He's an underclassman. He's coming back next year. So I think the arrows is pointing up on them. And I think Atlantic Coast, too. I mean, you look at these last two seasons. I know everybody got in the playoffs last year. But they did something once they got in the playoffs. So I think yeah, they won the game. And last year. you know, this year I think they were a little Jekyll and Hyde. Um, you know, but again, you, you get to the playoffs and that loaded of a region, and you, you battle Niceville on the road. I think the arrows definitely trended up for uh, Coach Mike over there with the Stingrays. And I think you know, three of the teams that uh, you know trending down have some work to do. I think Oakleaf would be one. Yeah, definitely. Um, you you kind of I, I thought of a few after after the yeah, fact. Yeah, you kind of you know, I think Oakleaf. You're even though you don't have that tradition, that history there yet for the Knights, you're expected to do that every year, be kind of uh, in that mix for that for that district championship or a playoff spot. And I don't think they um, achieved that this year. I think that was um, that was a tough one uh, for Oakley. I think First Coast has got a long way Definitely. to go. That was my other team. Um, yeah, you're you're zero and ten, and they're struggling. You, New coach. Yeah, you struggled a little bit, and. Um, I think the Bucks have have a lot of work to do just to get back on that footing. I mean, that was that, that's a program that you know played for a state championship, you know, in, in recent history. Had unbeaten regular seasons, Mister um, Football. I mean, there was First Coast was the program. Yeah, they were stocked for factory. a little bit of yeah. time. No, you they know, were. In this, they were in this area, so that was another one. And I think Rebalt has got uh, got a lot of work to do um, to get back on there. I think Marlon White, uh, he uh, you know. Uh, Came into a difficult situation, had success last year in the playoffs, not in the regular season, and then this year only won a game. Um, so I know the, the the Trojan fans. That was a young team. I think the the, the Rebolt uh, alumni needs to have a little bit of patience with them. Yeah, they were I mean, definitely one of the younger teams yeah, you, in our in the area. And, and I, hopefully, if those guys can get something together, they can get back to winning some yeah. games. They they did definitely just struggle. And the other team I would throw out there who kind of was disappointing was Sandalwood. Yeah, Sandalwood. You know, you, Sandalwood they, they, is. And, and they had some nice wins, and then they had some terrible losses. They had some close losses. Yeah. You know, so. I know that's not up to Sandalwood standards to say, you know, that like they expect to be in the playoffs, they expect to win seven, eight, nine, ten games. So I think they were they were a team that probably thought they had a would have a better year and didn't. So I think they it's not that they're trending down, but they just didn't have a a year that they expected yeah, to have. You need to have that consistency, I think, and Sandalwood very similar to Oakley where you, you have right. you're that big of a school yeah. and yeah, but this year seeing Sandalwood um, and they were a team that really, to me, was snake bitten. I mean, they had a couple close losses in district that were just brutal. So when you, if you flip those and win those games, yeah. then 
you're talking maybe a six or seven win season for Sandalwood as opposed to uh, to four wins. So, um, and it, to me, having having seen Sandalwood a few times this year, it didn't seem like they had enough bodies on. The, it did not look like a traditional Sandalwood uh, sideline this year. It looked like the numbers were yeah, down, or, was a down. Um, or whatever the case may be. It looked like they were not playing with the full Sandalwood team like they they traditionally did. So three up for me. I think um, I think a pretty pretty good niche. Atlantic Coast and Jackson and uh, the three that need some work, First Coast, uh, Oak Leaf, and um, yeah, we I guess we could go Sandalwood in there too. Sandalwood would be one that would that would uh, that would be in that mix. So um, some work to do for those programs. But, you know, high school football is so cyclical. Yeah, I was about and to say it changed. It, it, it's it, not like college where you're, you know, of course everybody says your recruiting players are stealing my guys, transfer portal, all that, you know. But again, yeah, it's it's a cycle in, cycle out. New guys in, you, you know. You hope you got your young guys, um, that, you know, on your JV squads. You hope that they were developing. Hopefully, they're you know going to you know rotate in, and you know just you get surprise guys who might have been you know ninth or tenth grader that show up as a as an eleventh grader, yeah. and then you're going to get some of those young kids for some of these you know uh, middle schools and you know some of these uh, pop Warner programs that are going to be a guy that you you know you just don't even know about, and he's a star, you know. So like it. It always, like you say, changes. You know, the, the good teams stay good, but some of these other teams, like we just talked about, need some help. They got they got to ascend help. ascend upward and you know get some guys in there to you know you know win some games. Yeah, you, it's, you it's almost like the theory of or really the execution of the Jaguars. You know, you're not you don't have a roster that's built to win eight and two, seven and three kind of year. Right. You've got to play. I think Miles Jack said it perfectly a few weeks ago. He said, you know, we don't have the the talent to out talent teams. We right. have everything has to go perfect for for us to win a game. Exactly, your margin for error is limited. Yes, and you know I think for the teams like, um, you know like some of the ones we mentioned, there the margin for error was so so thin this year. Like a Sandalwood, I mean you lose right. a twenty to sixteen game against Creekside, I and mean, that margin for error is so so small. You're not a team like a. Um, you know, a Riverside that's going to blowing teams out right. week to week. I mean, you have such little margin for error in some of those games. And uh, First Coast as well. I mean, when you start making mistakes, they are magnified and other teams pounce on that. So Definitely. Uh, the good, the bad, and, and everything in between. And I um, want just want to mention what we did at the top of the podcast. Um, just a fantastic, fantastic fall season for so many teams, not even talking football teams, uh, cross-country, swimming. Uh, the team state championships last week were f- just phenomenal. The Bulls cross-country girls team won their 13th state championship. That is a state record. They nudged Tampa Plant out of the way for that. The boys cross-country team for Bulls, they win an in- or, uh, an- a team state championship just by the narrowest of margins, a couple points there. Um, Pontevedra girls swimming and the Pontevedra girls cross-country teams also, team state championships last week. Just a phenomenal week for those programs and all of our area athletes. A um, couple state championships for boys, cross-country runners, Reinhardt Harrison uh, and uh, Matthew Stratton of St. John's Country Day. And uh, Bowles, Jillian Candelino, a state championship on the girls' side um, from Bowles. So just a great Great week for our fall sports teams and individual athletes that wrapped up their seasons, and we will continue to keep you posted. we got one more state championship this week, the Ponte Vedra volleyball team. Let's go. Number two in the nation. Uh, they play on Wednesday night in the state championship against Mater Academy, so Robin Minnery and the Sharks on the verge of history there. Third state championship three peak, three in peak. a row. Uh, the Sharks never been done before by an area team. Two in a row haven't been done by an area team, but three is uh, untouchable territory. We'll see if the Sharks can get that done. Another edition of the Varsity Podcast is in the books. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. Adios. Thanks for joining us.